Vala Mugulis to all my Westeronians out there. How are you all doing? This is the Film 7 Season 8 Episode 6 review or basically the general Game of Thrones review because it's ended. And of course, I've got with me here, Jake. How you doing, Andy? Hello, everybody listening. Excited to be here to... Here we are, the, the end of this amazing series that we've come to love yes. over the last nine years, has it been? N- nine years, it's nine been years. nine years. It's been a long, it has, it's, just, it's just whimmed by. You know, I, I, sometimes I see some clips from previous seasons and I can't believe this was five years ago or this was six years ago. We've sort of grown with, with, with the whole thing and it's finally concluded, it's come to an end. And the good thing is, and we'll talk about this more to, into the show, the good thing is, it's only the end of Game of Thrones. There's so many other spin-offs and things coming out of it. I don't think this will be the last that we've heard. So that's it. But let's talk about the last episode. It's yes. Called, what was it called? Uh, the Iron Throne. The Iron Throne. Okay. Well, so how, what, what did you think about it? Uh, overall, I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't the greatest episode of Game of Thrones, uh, but it had, a for me anyway, a lot of satisfying conclusions. Um, we'll get into the more details in a, in a bit, but would I have changed some things? Maybe. Uh, but as we've said before, it's not my story to tell. And the way they ended the character arcs and the plot lines, in a, for me, was, yeah, made sense. So quite satisfactory in that sense. What about you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of... and I'll, I'll say more about it by the time I talk more about the whole Game of Thrones things. But yeah, it, I feel, and I tweeted this earlier in the week, Game of Thrones ended the way it should have ended. You know, like you said, the characters ended up where the logical places where they could have ended up. Um, I do have some concerns around Bran being the king. I mean, I, yeah, he is... Spoiler. He, oh, yeah, yeah right, <laughs> like you've not seen it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, if you haven't seen this episode, I mean, if you ha- and you're listening to this podcast, go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? But yeah, yeah so but, but I do have some concerns around him being the king because... Like it's just it's just like having AI, a machine being the CEO of a company. Yes, it will be run perfectly, but it takes away the humanity of it. So uh, Bran technically is not a human being. He is no. a consciousness. Bran Bran Stark is sort of dead. Not dead. He, but he pretty much confirmed that himself in several episodes before. Exactly. And that he says Bran is gone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's a level of consciousness and he's now the one leading the Iron Throne. I doubt that will be, that's what the Six Kingdoms deserves, but it is what it is. And I do like, one thing I do want to point out about this season, not, not just the last episode, but the last episode too, as joins it, is the cinematography in this season has been amazing. To those of us, those of you listening that don't know what cinem- cinematography is just telling the story the way they told the story not the story itself how they told the story with the cameras like the way the cameras were moving the way the you know that's all the lighting the camera movements the set all that's the cinematography that's what cinematography is about it was amazing this season i i think it's been the best of all the the seasons the last two in particular you can tell they upped the budget with the last two seasons to get this because i think what happened this time around was because they now had the freedom they didn't have our martins it has to be this way because this is how it had in mind this was the last two seasons was filmmakers making the film the first six seasons was Filmmakers making R.R. Martin's story. Adapting his story. Adapting yeah. his story, yeah. But this last two was the cinema. Too. Oh, wow. The money shot of the entire series was that one where they had the shot of Daenerys and the dragon was behind her and the wings. The just wings came. came out. That was Ooh. an awesome shot. That, that was, was good. the shot of that the was season. Good. Th- this whole episode, this whole season was filled with those moments. Yeah. Uh, I remember we talked back in uh, a previous episode of when... Daenerys is talking to the crowd and then Drogo's head just comes out. Yeah, the, from like, the darkness. Oh, great. No, the cinematography, that one is... Apart, like, like I said, uh, the only issue with the cinematography I have was... The light. It was the... And that's not really cinematography, that was more the lighting was in episode three, The Long Nights. Yeah, it was... that. That's part of it. it and, I, you know, yes, that was a big flaw because what happened there, it was more... A, it was a creative decision rather than a technical decision because, I, I like I did say earlier that I watched somebody um, 
did a video of the entire war and took the light up by one stop. You know, in just to those listening, in in cinema, in film, we measure light in terms of stops. So we don't just say take it brighter. If you're like a director and you want to tell your DP to take it, you don't just say make it brighter. You say take it one stop or take it two stops. That's how light is measured. So I watched a video of episode three and the guy took the video just up by one stop and everything held up. It didn't take away the impact of the story. It was really good. And it looked, there was so much we didn't see because of the darkness. I was, I had an advantage because I watched it 2 a.m. in the morning. Everywhere was dark. I put off all my lights so I could really see the contrast in the TV. But not everybody has that privilege of seeing Game of Thrones that way. So I can understand. But that was a creative choice and it was a bad decision. It wasn't because there was any technical thing about it or it had to be done that way it was literally somebody the director well because it's a series i don't know who makes the decision yeah well it would probably be benioff and weiss overshadowing like you have your director and your dp obviously on on each episode but that changes most episodes yeah mostly yeah so it's got to be benioff and weiss the writers overarching this thing i mean in a film i'd say it was the director who made that decision. yeah but But in a tv series works very differently yeah so that decision that was they, they messed up there you know they messed up that was wrong yeah it could have been which better. people can do you know people yeah. make mistakes and you can't yeah. nail it every time yeah i feel when the dvd comes out that it will be brighter you think they'll I, yeah. remaster it yeah i think they'll remaster it to make it yeah. brighter but back to that last episode um i don't know i i'm still very sad about daenerys i don't like the way daenerys ended up i feel she was betrayed First of all, she was let down by her advisors. They gave her wrong advice from the start. From ever, ever since they landed in Westeros, they kept feeding her wrong advice, feeding her wrong advice. And when things went south, rather than them to take responsibility for what had happened, they turned against her. And I feel that was a bad deal. You know, um, you know that was wrong. You, it was your fault. If if she had done what she wanted to do. Yes, some people would have died, but it would be nothing compared to the number of people that died finally. So she got to that point because of her advisors. Yeah, if she had never met Jon Snow, exactly. none of this would have would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if she had never met Jon Snow, imagine if that first time they had that meeting in the last season on the table and Daenerys and the Ironborn were saying, let's hit them hard, let's hit them fast. Imagine if that had happened, she would have had the throne. Yes, people would have died. Three dragons. Three, yeah, she would have had the throne, three dragons, and everything would have been mellow, you know. But According to her plan, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But they say hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? You only see clearer because it's happened. But I just felt that I, I was so sad when I saw her die because, you know, I, I, hate the, I, I don't like the fact somebody has worked so hard for something, and at the end of the day, some other people decide it. Yes, she did mess up, but who... Are these people to judge Tyrion, who's who was the one judging her? I remember um, I was thinking about this last night, and if you remember Tyrion, though, in season three, I believe he had this girlfriend who was like, um, who was a whore. His girlfriend. He eventually, he wanted to marry her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. He he did marry her. He did. He and did then his her. dad had a kill. Yeah. yeah. That he killed her because he was angry. Yeah. It's the same thing Danny did in a fit of anger and rage. Emotion. He just, yeah. Emotion. He just lashed out and strangled her to death same thing he killed his dad and that's the same person you know if you go back those of us listening if you go back and watch that scene and you remember that is the same person judging Daenerys for doing the same thing obviously Daenerys did it on the, on the biggest scale but at the same time Tyrion has no I like that I like that though because it just reflects our, our, our own world in a way yes. where that is politics yes. you know people do bad things but then when somebody else does a bad thing they're very quick to point the finger at them exactly and not look at what they've done it's that old saying you point a finger there's three pointing back at you exactly yes uh so i like that comparison they made it very real world mm. uh i'm sort of i'm i'm with you on some side and 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 i have my own thoughts about the way daenerys daenerys's story was played out I think story-wise and, and plot-wise, I think it made sense for me. The way it, it, she went you know, down this dark path to then be obviously become this unstoppable queen. And I like the fact in the meeting before she dies, she tells Jon Snow, like, we know what's good. I know what's good. 
And that's very yeah. dangerous to, to, to assume of yourself, to know what's good, because good is a point of view. That's all it is. You know, people have a different perce perception of what good is and evil as well. Yeah. So that's very dangerous. And I, I think it made sense for her to go down this path. The only problem I have with it was that it just felt rushed. I, I needed more time to build to that moment. So in, in all honesty, yes, it was a great moment when she finally died, but I felt the emotion lacked a bit. There could have been a bit more emotional baggage there. I yeah. think if you had a couple, few more episodes to build to that moment, it sort of went from the previous episode to her destroying King's Landing to I'm the king. I, sorry, I'm the queen. Dead. Yeah. It, it was sort of like that. I was like, oh, I, I wanted to see maybe more of her as the Mad Queen, and then all the her followers with John saying, "We need to do something and build that up, build that up." And then when the moment actually happens, you've got this emotional baggage to back it up. I think. Yeah, I believe you're absolutely correct in terms of the way they rushed the story because what I think is they compressed about four seasons worth of story into a season and a half. Because last season was, what, six, how I many? Seven, Seven episodes. episodes. Yeah. And this one was six episodes, which total of 13. Now, they compressed what normally would take Game of Thrones four seasons to do. Because if you look at how they've treated other characters and their shift, it's taken time. For example, like, let's talk about this guy, um, the Greyjoy. Um, Theon? Theon Greyjoy, yeah. right? So we, when the show first started, we didn't like him. We didn't know who he was. We didn't care about him. Then as time went on, we started to hate him because of what he did to the Starks. So we hated him. We wished he was dead. Then what happened happened to him. Then we slowly started to feel sorry for him. Pity. More Pity like. for him. We started to feel sorry for him to the start that now when he died, it was one of the saddest moments of... of um, that was of a good character. Episode. Yeah, you see, so they took time to build the story. You could see how he went from a good to bad, then from bad back to good. And they did the same thing with Jamie Lannister. When he first started, he was this cocky, handsome prince. Then you saw how he was broken when he lost his arm. That, that gave him a level of hum humility and humanity. And that's where he started to think about other people besides himself and Cersei. You know, and all of that. Of course, yes, he turned back. He went back. That, that's the only disappointing thing I have because you are building this extremely amazing character arc. I think Jamie has one of the best yes. in the entire se series. And then I, I kind of think they threw it away at the end. I yeah. thought you just put him back to where he was at the beginning. Yeah. And for me, the whole, the whole point of character arc and a development is that the character is different by the end of the story exactly. to who you first meet. Exactly. Yes, you're absolutely correct. The did that they just took him back to square one so the entire arc was sort of wasted so, wa yeah wasted exactly so yeah and, I, and it, it boils back to that thing where i say they compressed four seasons i think had they had time they may have given us that slow progression maybe if he was with brian we would start to see that yeah he's not there but then yeah, slowly again we only really had so the battle happened and then he you know he yeah. slept with brian but then uh, the the morning after i'm off exactly we didn't have time to be with them, yeah. to, uh, that's just my main qualm with no, this whole season. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. So Daenerys, yeah, you know, she, it made sense for her to die that way. You know, and when I think when it comes to criticism of the show, there are three categories of people. So, and I'll talk about it. There, there is the first category, the people who just hate it. For no reason, they just hate blind it. Hate. Just blind hate. They're like kids throwing a tantrum. They, because the show is ending... And they love the show so much, they're just going to hate it. No matter what happened, they would have hated it. So that's the category. I doubt there is any redeeming fact, redemption for those kind of people. Then there is the second class of people who don't have a problem with how it ended, but they do have a problem of how it got there. You know, they don't, they, everybody's cool with Daenerys becoming the Mad King and doing what she did and dying there. Everybody's cool with Jon Snow. Everybody's cool with Bran being the king. It's just like you. Execution. Been, it's the execution. The way they got there, that was the problem. That's where they have the problem with. Then there is the third category, which is like us, who we, 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 we can afford to forgive the filmmakers for Russian and we still love it. Mm. So, so the middle class, I mean, the first class who just hate it, I think there's a minority. The thing is, there's a problem 
in the and thing is it's not just game of thrones it's in all fandoms star wars marvel dc all of it that you get these people everywhere where i don't think it's i'm trying to go i've lost my train of thought you go ahead go so, ahead no, i mean what what i wanted to say was that the first category of people that just hate it it's them is the minority but Most, they're more vocal but they're more vocal. But the thing is, I feel, I feel, this is what I feel most, and I've read the comments and I've read the petition and all of that. Most of the people who had a problem with it, they had a pro, they didn't have a problem with the ending. They just have the problem with the execution, the rushed nature of it. Because Game of Thrones has, is one of those shows that takes its time. It takes its time to build things and all that. You start to learn to like people, even dislike to, people, like exactly like people, dislike people. It takes its time. It just doesn't. You don't just become like the very lovable queen who would sacrifice anything for the people who loves people, and you don't just go from that to the mad queen in one episode for a series that has that does take its time. So that was a bit jarring for those people. But so that second class of people that's the majority of people and they do they do have a point yeah the last two seasons were rushed so yeah those people that because they have similar criticisms to what we have those are not the people that uh i'm sort of because i'm happy yeah. to have conversations with them. it's the people that say this is totally out of character well n n it's not totally out of character it's just the pacing of it yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The characters are there. Yeah. Because you've been seeing that throughout the last seven seasons that <laughs> this character is in her. Yeah. But it's just building up it's to that. It's just building up. And then yeah. right at the end, it was rushed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't go from killing an ant to killing a, an elephant, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, she had been burning people, you know, one by one and all that. Then, next thing you know, I mean, even that scene where she was on top of just before she um, decided to destroyed the entire city when she was sat on top of the dragon and just looking at the entire city and listening to the people she was conflicted yeah it, i wish they had done even if they did something like a voiceover just to tell the audience what's going on in her mind that would have helped mm -hmm. well you're meant to get that in just her acting though really. yeah but you, you clearly we can see it didn't work you i got it i got it but clearly we can see it didn't work you know and i think sometimes um i i, I said i you, this is a rule as a filmmaker myself when you're thinking about your film and your audiences and all that, there is a level of forgiveness that happens between a filmmaker and the audience. What do I mean by that? There are certain things your audience will forgive you for. You know? And as a filmmaker, you need to know where that stops. You need to know where that yeah, stops what, and where that stops. What stop. are normally what known as nitpicks. Yeah, exactly. What they can forgive you for and what they can... For example, I'll give you an example. like The topology, the geography of Game of Thrones is terrible. The way they execute it in the show, how you can go from one part of the country to the other in literally one day and another person will do it in a it shorter... four days. Exactly. Like shorter distance, it will take them an entire season. You know, So that is something that has been happening in Game of Thrones, but that's something the audience can forgive. You know? that's, it's very difficult to execute that well, though, something like that, because you have such ground to cover. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah. Because, and then you also have to tell each story in, in the space of an hour, yeah. each episode. So it's very difficult to do. I thought that one of the best examples of that was the Lord of the Rings films. They really showed you how big middle earth was mm. that they took time in each place yeah i mean but it's hard to execute but at the same time the audiences didn't nitpick it they were just like okay it is it's yeah. what it is because you got to get the mo the story moving story forward. forward exactly so there are things you can do in your film for example i mean even me as a filmmaker i know that there are things i will be i can be forgiven for i mean my the last film i directed there was a f scene where just as an example there was a scene where there was a car accident you know um now how i did it in my film just before the, the girl the, the, what happened is the lady was taking a selfie while she was driving and she had an accident so what happened is just before the accident happens i cut to black and i just do the sound of a car crash the audience can forgive me for that because they know it's not a big budget production they can forgive that if game of thrones does that it will be a problem because yeah. you have the money so the audience there's a level of leeway the audience can give you so i think what happened in game of thrones is i and I said this with a lot of respect. I think they believed their hype a bit too much. 
and assumed that the audience would forgive them for every little thing. Things like making the scene too dark, not giving Daenerys a proper arc, mm -hmm. and not doing like what I said, not really hammering it in, and assuming that just because you give us a good battle sequence that we'll forget all the plot holes, yeah, and that's it. that's another thing I thought they, in this season, there was a bit of style over substance yes. in this. Like, and like you can like we said before, you can clearly see that they upped the budget. Yep. Cinematography was top notch. The battles were really, really good. I loved the battle at King's Landing. That yep. And I if I could see it, I'm sure the Battle of the Long Night was great. Like and really, really awesome to shoot. The visual effects, again, absolutely fantastic. But I felt like they got a bit carried away with that and mm -hmm. maybe lost a bit of the yeah. substance stuff. Yeah, I, I totally I one hundred percent agree with you there. It was just um and you know it's a it's a warning you know let this be a warning to every franchise out there you're not immune every, they will love you for eight for seven seasons the moment you take them for granted or you take the privilege that the fans have given to you and put you on that pedestal that star wars pedestal if you take that for granted and you give them something that isn't good there will be backlash oh yeah 100% you know, so, thing is there will there will always be backlash no matter what you make i think there was there's always an element that there's always going to be people out there to hate but um i just thought about what i was going to say earlier mm. and i think a problem with a lot of it now is that people tend to focus too much on the bad and are not looking at what the good is mm. yeah okay there's some things that you know that could have gone differently but i mm. think overall i'm quite happy do you know yeah. what i mean like i think i'm ha satisfied with this season Overall, yeah, yep. there's things I could have changed, but the good in it, for me, outweighed the bad. Yeah, We go back to what I was saying about substance. There was some really, really good stuff in there. This particular episode, I absolutely loved that scene when Tyrion's uh, arrested mm -hmm. and Jon Snow goes to see him and they have that long piece of dialogue. The dialogue in this, I thought, was very well written. Yeah, And it's those scenes that make me, when I was watching, I was like, this is why I like Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was like, these scenes right here, and then, okay, maybe the announcement that Bran Stark was going to be king was a bit, meh, okay. But that whole scene of all the, the lords of the realms, yeah. that, that was a good scene and yeah. a good show of politics and the way it works. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact when uh, Sam mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> recommended, well, why don't we let the people vote? And everyone started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this, that was like a sort of nod no. to common day politics. Yes. Examples such as Brexit. Brexit look, yeah. look what happens if you do let mm -hmm. the people yeah. like, decide. That was it, yeah. And if, they did the same thing when, when he said, um, all you need is a good story. When At the end, when they saw the, a song of Ice Fire. Fire yeah. all you, you know, so I like that. That was a bit of nod to the audience that we see you and we hear you. And that was good. Yeah. because And also a lot of fan theories. There was, and I even bought into that fan theory. I mean, I always, and I, even, I think I even said it on the show, I knew there was not going to be an eye on throne. I knew nobody was going to win. That, could I talk about yeah. that, that sequence, actually? Yeah. So after, obviously, um, Daenerys gets killed. Yes. I, so, some people had a lot of issues with, with that scene, and then, obviously, Drogo melting. I took it very, in a sense, like, I believe that these dragons are sentient beings. Yes. I do think they understand things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think in that moment, people were like, well, why didn't Drogon kill Jon? Like, clearly he... And I was like... Because I think in that moment, Drogon realized, nah, Jon didn't kill Daenerys. Yeah. The throne killed yeah. Daenerys. Yeah. The throne is a drug that poisons the mind and yeah. turns you into a, an evil person. Yeah. I think at that moment, like, you, shoot, you, you guys can shoot me at this, but I think he really felt that. And he's like, I've got to destroy this. Yeah. And I'm going to take her. I think that's why he didn't kill Jon Snow. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. I think you're right. Uh, dragons are more intelligent than people think. Yeah, they're, I think people are just thinking they're just this animals, brute beast like, yeah, that no, will just kill everything. But very And I think Ara Martins has even said it. He said it that uh, dragons are very intelligent um, beings. They, they can tell friends and enemies. And obviously, they know a tank Targaryen from a million miles away. And dragons do not attack Targaryens. So... Um, that was even why people thought Tyrion was a Targaryen because they didn't attack him. Mm. But they do know their friends. And I think, you know, that whole thing reminds me of there's an African saying that goes that the chicken, the chicken hates the, the pot, but it doesn't realize that his real enemy is the knife. You know, you know, if you yeah. think about yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. so, you know, but yeah, I think the the drug, and there is such a, con there is a connection between Targaryens and the dragons. dragons yeah. So when she died, there's a history there. Yeah. So he, she knew, um, Drogon knew that, nah, it's not him. 
that's the problem. And just it's true. And the that's, that's definitely what I got out of it. Anyway. No, you're absolutely correct. I think you're yeah, right. I mean, Aramat, there is no reason why that can be can be the case. And I, I do like the fact that she wasn't buried. That Drogon she just took her yeah, away. Dragon took her away. I mean, obviously, I know it will never happen, but you never know. There have been stories of people rising from dead. In, I mean, Game of Thrones is a show about people coming back from dead. Jon Snow came back from the dead. Maybe it's a Targaryen thing. Who know? knows? Exactly. I mean, the HBO guy, con- uh, consecutive producer, confirmed there's not going to be anything yeah. post this, but he's saying that now. Exactly. Maybe in a few years. Who wait, knows? Exactly. Wait till Disney buys them. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll see. But yeah, but no, it was it was really good. I really um one thing, I mean, finally I'll just say on that. I mean, Aaron Martins has always said his story is not a Disney story. It's not a good versus evil. It's not white versus black. Because if you look at it in modern day, how many good versus bad decisions do we make in a day? Not very many. Most of the decisions you make every day are gray decisions. They are whether that it's not good, it's not bad, it's just what it is. You look at plenty of decisions mm-hmm. and you you always think, well, this one is the best of both solutions. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's hardly you always ever, pick the middle. Exa- it's ground. hardly ever, hardly a day. And to those of you listening, think about it on your daily basis. They, it's, it's not every day you make a choice between this is good and this is evil. Most of the choices we make during the day, during the week, during the month, are all in that middle ground. And that's what R. R. Martins is trying to say, that war is not a, is not a good thing. It, it hurts everybody. And that's why every single battle scene, they always made sure they put children in the middle of it. I don't know if you've noticed I mean, that. Because you feel it more. Yeah, because you feel it more. It brings you home. That war, That's what war is. Yeah, it's not this glorious thing that some films that, you know, lot of you know that hold some films have them they make war look like this glorious beautifully choreographed thing but aromatis is more like first of all there is no right and wrong it depends on your perspective and two war is not a good thing so it's it brings it home and finally about the whole daenerys arc um i just give a personal story about how i related to her turn you know so i have um i have african roots Right. And one thing about Africa is Africa is still very politically vol- volatile. So I've been, I've lived under dictators, like proper dictators. People who've always lived in the West, they, it's only a story, they've never been there, but I've lived under dictators and you'd listen to the news every day because you don't know what he's going to say. He can literally wake up one morning and say, everybody whose name starts with n is going to go to pre- they, they literally so every, you're living in this constant fear and it's not the best place to live in when you live under a dictator it's horrible it's fearful you can't it's 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 bad so i can understand so when danny was saying oh, i want to end all of that and all that i could relate to that but here's the thing right all those guys who we call dictators they didn't become dictators immediately when they sat on the throne when they came first into the scene people loved them i mean one of the most um all you have to look at is um the most famous dictator adolf hitler yeah people loved them he brought the germany up from the ashes and um yeah yeah we all know know what happened next exactly and even to bring the african context the guy we call mugabe one of the longest serving leaders is out now but this this happens where a leader comes in and he is good he is pure and he's full of courage and all of that but after a while things happen and you see that person you really loved become a murderer That's because i believe power consumes you it does it really really does i've experienced it firsthand as you know growing up, i've seen it firsthand so to me when i saw danny doing what she did going from one person to the albeit a bit quickly when i saw that it made sense to me because I've seen it happening in real life. And that's what R. R. Martins does. His stories are more real life. They're not fairy tales. They are actually things that you can relate to. And I, I could relate to Daenerys. I, I could relate to the people because I've seen that happen to me in real life. I've seen people who were loved politically and I've seen them become dictators and murderous... I don't want to use the word. Murderous people, you know. So mm. that's it. So, so now let's come back. Let's talk about the series as a whole. You know, let's just. Um, I, I just want to talk about the entire series and your, the journey and what we liked and what we didn't like. So, I'll kick this off. I started watching Game of Thrones. Um, I think 
I didn't watch it like from as, season, it, came as it came out. No, yeah. I, I still I, I watched it at the end of I still watching it at the end of season two. So I was in between jobs at the time, and I went to see a friend, and he said, I said, guy recommend something for me to watch, and he said, have you seen the show called Game of Thrones? I was like, no. So he said, man, you need to watch this. So I went home and downloaded, um, watched Game of Thrones. The first season for me was a bit all over the place because I had never heard of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, when it came out, it didn't come out with fanfare. It didn't come out with TV ads. It was very quiet. There were no known characters. The only known person, no name, apart from Lena Headey, was um, Ned Stark. What's his name? Uh, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. He yeah. was the only known character. Yeah. You know, so it was all over the place. Season one, they were calling names. I hadn't read the books. I hadn't seen anything. So it was a bit confusing. So I didn't really get it. What sold the season? Game of Thrones to me was the opening sequence. I don't know if you remember the opening sequence was the night was was the White Walkers. Yes. You know that how they decapitated and they would only show them their shadows and their blue eyes. I just saw that sequence and I was like, whoa! If this is what the show is about, I'm in because I just loved that whole ghosts in the icy forest. You know so. But season one, I was all over the place. I didn't get it. It was so many names, so many people. It was confusing. Then I watched season two. Then slowly, I started to understand the plot. I started to understand the people, the topology, and everything. So, okay, it started to make sense. So I thought um, Ned Stark, I thought the whole story would be, okay, so Ned Stark will become an outcast. Then slowly, he will build an army and become the king. Because remember... Up until Game of Thrones, every single story was a Disney story. What I mean is was good versus bad, and at the end, good will triumph over evil. We had Breaking Bad just before. I had not seen Great Breaking Bad. Yeah, but that was there before. Yeah, I hadn't seen Breaking Bad. I haven't even seen Breaking Bad till now. So to me, there was no show that could be as courageous as to kill their main character. You know, I thought, because since you remember what we're saying about Will Smith, that Will Smith, last week, Will Smith is, going, is there to bring the crowd. So I thought that was what Sean Ben's rule was, Sean, to bring the crowd. Next thing you know, they kills it. And I'm like, whoa, now you have my attention. Can I interject there? Yeah. Because that was the same moment for me. Yeah. That was the exact same moment for me. I remember I was in uni at the time. Mm. I think it was during season two. I think it was very similar to you when yep. season two was coming out. And I had a friend with me and he and he knew I loved you know fantasy and stuff. And he was like, Yo, you like Lord of the Rings, don't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I love Lord of the Rings. He's like, I think you like this, this, this show. It's got like swords and, mm. and things like that. And I was like, cool. I'll look, at so I was looking it up, and I was like, oh, Sean Bean, Boromir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Lena, I love Three Hundred. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm in. And immediately, I wasn't hooked straight away, yes. but I was really interested. I was like, man, this is okay. I wasn't expecting this. A lot of politics, but then I started to understand more, and I was like, okay, yeah. this is dense. This yeah. is. This is like, and then it's as soon like you, I was, you know, following Ned Stark, love Ned Stark, Yo, the character, yeah. what a great character. And then when they finally killed him, I was like, what? Whoa. And at that point, I was like, okay. Now you have my attention. Th this is unlike anything I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. Yeah. I was like, at that moment, I was like, okay, nobody is safe in this show. Exactly. So, so that was it. And like, and it's not just for us, for everybody. And I was like, whoa, did that really just happen? Because... What I thought was, yes. I thought someone was going to come in at yeah, the end. Yeah, an arrow was going to fly yeah. in and kill the executioner and they would escape. And the head went off. I was like, what? And that really happened. So everybody sat up, you know, and everybody then, what well, we have, what I call the golden years of Game of Thrones from season three till season six. Those were the golden years of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was everywhere. It was winning awards, left, right, center. Every single episode was something. Everyone you talked to was like, have you seen, seen Game, Game of, of Thrones? Thrones? Yeah. It was the golden, oh, it was the golden it was crazy. age. It was crazy. Everything was good and it was, it was so good. I, I, there was never a TV show that you had the anticipation like a movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. with, with, you, you had that with movies, like, oh, this movie's coming out soon. Mm. But you never had that with a TV show yeah. until exactly. Game of Thrones came and we were like, oh, April, 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 mark it down, mark it, it down. This is the, it like, was so good. The stories were, the story was really, really good. Once you understood, so even for those of us watching, if you're going to point somebody to Game of Thrones, make sure you tell them season one and season two will be a bit confusing. It, it gets it starts it, to get into it, the groove. Yeah, yeah, it starts to get 
like at the end of season two and season three, that's where the real game season three, through. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. season three. Season three again when, when the red wedding and yeah. that that that's just took me to the another. red wedding was couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Even Obama quoted the red wedding. I think I don't know if you saw it. Like he was giving a speech and some reporters were asking him questions and he was like, "It's like the red wedding." And you know, he was the red wedding took the whole world by surprise. Like because you just. You didn't see it coming. No. Do you know what I mean? No. You just didn't see it coming. And that just shows good direction yep. and good writing. Good writing, Moro. And this yep. is, like, I'm going back to, like, the obviously the criticism of, like, the last two seasons, especially this season. You, okay, maybe you didn't like a couple of episodes or how this season turned out, but you can't deny these guys have worked their asses Ooh. off throughout, you know, not it's been nine years for us, but for them it would have been 15 easily, yeah. just developing everything. Yeah. Like, and when people say that, yeah, um, it started to go off the rails once they got past the books. But do you still know how difficult it is to adapt a exactly. book? Yeah. You still have to put, make that book into a TV series. Now, books and, and cinema are two very different mediums. Mm -hmm. And the pacing and way things should go are very, very different. If you, you can't do Game of Thrones word for word as yeah. a TV because it, it, it wouldn't work. Yeah, it will it, last it, forever. So you still have to be creative enough to do take that source and plant this. And they just did it, man. The writing was phenomenal. The direction, like, I mean, everything. You it can't deny that these guys know what they're doing. They, they did. And they, they kept such a happy... Like, you watch the behind the scenes... Everybody was happy. They kept everybody happy. They they used the best of the best. And that's not what you see normally on TV. You see that in Hollywood, but they brought like TV people, the A-list actors. A-list. Well, at the time, they were not A-list. They, they, this they've show has made a, them Yes, exactly. They've made actors. them A-list actors. That's why, if you notice on the show, I'm always like, I don't like it when they recast people because I want to see new people. I want to know the next generation of actors. I'm tired of seeing some of these old people playing superheroes. Like, I want to see, you know, that's a criticism I normally have with casting. But anyway, back to Game of Thrones. So, then we had the Red Wedding. Then it was so good. Then season four was even better. That was where we had John and White's, um, John and um, in the Night's Watch. And I think my best battle was in season four. My best battle, I know most people say it's Battle of the Bastards, but that to was me, a good one. Battle of Bastards was good. But to me, the best, my best battle was season four, episode nine. I can't remember the name. I think something about the Night's Watch, Men of the Night's Watch or something. But that was my best battle. You know, so then we had that in season four. Then we had the season five. I think everything was, that, like I said, it's called the golden age of, of, of Game of Thrones. Everything was so good. And I think it kept rising, rising, rising. Then I think it peaked at Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. It peaked there. After that episode, everything just started to calm down slowly, slowly, slowly. We didn't really notice it in the, at the end of, because there was one more season left at the end of season six. See, I think people were still on still, their own hype. Exactly. On yeah. that. Then we now come to season seven and that was where the problem started. Like people started doing things out of character um, the wisest people stay making stupid decisions and people who are normally impatient and like Daenerys who is normally I want to just do this now and not listen to anybody she's there to listen to her advisors people just started to do things that were more for as more plot conveniences rather than character driven decisions you know it was more yeah let's Let's do this because the plot has to move forward. You know, let's do this. Let's just kill her dragon. Let's let's come up with this stupid plan of which going George R. R. Martin doesn't have to worry about when he's really writing the books because yeah. his mentality is I'll finish it when it finishes. Yeah, exactly. He's just sort of going along with it. it. Yeah, I mean, like I un I understand why it, some yeah, of the decisions yeah. had to be made because, yeah. like we said, you know, in the world of cinema, is different to writing a book. These people have got deadlines to meet. You know, it, HBO, as good as Game of Thrones is for them, they've got other projects it's that a, they, need to, they need to work on. Yeah. They need to keep moving this train forward. So, yeah. like, come on, we need to wrap this up because we got this one coming out and this one coming exactly. out. Exactly. Because that's going to earn that much money and this yeah. is going to earn... Yeah, so abs you're absolutely correct. We watch it. For us, it's an hour of entertainment on on Sunday. But for some people, that's their mortgage. That's their school fees. Was it yeah, a, a know, million dollars an episode? Yeah. That is know, the that, budget? Yeah. No, a million dollars per act. For, that's what Lena Headey was earning per episode. No, no, no. The budget for each episode was about a million because each season had about 10 million. 
which was the highest no, it, highest budget it, it, TV, be, TV series. It would probably be a million for well, okay, yeah, that's that. I could see that a million per episode. Yeah, that makes sense, especially those battle scenes um, sequences. But yeah, so there was a lot of things that were happening out of plot conveniences rather than all that. Like I said, they, after season seven, they could they could and should have gone till season ten and taking their time to start bringing everything. But it just looked like, season seven looked very rushed. It looked like we need to get these people to this particular place. I can bet you that stupid plan to capture a white walker and take it to Cersei, I can bet you it will not be in the book because it's stupid. It's a silly plan. It's, it was more, I think it was just done for plot convenience. Let's just move the story forward. We need the Night King to have a dragon so he can bring down the wall. Yeah. How do we give it to him? Let's do this. I can almost bet you that it wouldn't be in the books because it was a stupid idea. But So that's what whole season seven was about. Just bringing everything to conclusion. Everybody that wasn't needed. You needed to get everybody in one place. In one place. Yeah. However they did it, they just did it. Whether it made sense, whether it was the characters are those kind of people, it did not matter. They needed to make so they did that. And it felt rushed. People didn't like it, but they were like, at least we have one more season. You know, if season seven was the last season, it would have been worse than what we're getting now. You know, so people didn't like it. People felt it was rushed, but I think they were like, okay, at least we're getting one more season. So yeah, let's 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 be patient. And they have a whole year to wait. So everybody was like- Two years. Two years to wait. So the season ended. No, then we had like a, an entire year of no Game of Thrones. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah, man. It was yeah, about so a year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah, you know? yeah. So everybody was like, okay, we'll forgive them for season seven. Let's wait for season eight. Then season eight starts. Episode one, okay. Was episode. Right. episode two. Then episode two Great was, episode. Whoa, was my best. One of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that battle scene was my best. The one I said, season four, episode nine was my best. But season eight, episode two was my best episode. Had of some Game of the of best Thrones. acting in, in the whole series. The best. You know, when you, as a writer, as a filmmaker, when you're building a character arc, you're building it to something. I feel that was where everybody, because the words that they said could have been said anyway, but the emotion behind the words and everything. So season two, well, that was such a beautiful episode. You know, and that song. Oh, that song. That's you a know, great song. Oh, it was such a beautiful episode. Then season, uh, sorry, episode three happened. And episode three was where it started to go. That's where you start to see the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. No, the cracks had been there, but you now have... The the water now has now started seeping through the cracks. Then it was just like we said earlier. First of all, it was the decision to take it as dark as it was. That was a a creative decision. It wasn't technical. It was creative. It was creative and that was a problem. The decision to... And the Night King without with so many answers, questions still left unanswered, that robbed people of the wrong way. But like I said earlier, I think it's they're doing that because of the spin-off series. Mm. Then Arya being the one to kill the Night King. King. Bran becoming king. Yeah. Daenerys. No, I mean, still on episode three. Oh, so yeah, but I'm talking in general, this oh, whole ger- season eight. Yeah, all no, the- doing that. But so now I'm just taking it. Like so, that happens. That really got people angry because everybody wanted it to be Jon Snow because they've been having this Jon Snow and the Night King. They've been having this "I know you, you know me" kind of look throughout the entire. Yeah. Every time he sees Jon Snow, I, I was sort of expecting it yeah. to be Jon Snow. But if it's one thing we've learned from Game of Thrones is to expect the unexpected. Yeah. Probably in the prequel series, they will explain what that look was all about. Maybe. Maybe. Brand the Builder. Because we'll talk the last five minutes, we'll talk about the next episode. But so maybe Brando Builder looks like Jon Snow, and you know, but we'll see. We'll see. So then episode three happened, then episode four was it, was that was it, that was where everything just went. Yeah, people hated south. episode yeah. four. Oh, and people I actually really liked episode it four. It was good, I liked it. It was uh, good, it was okay, but that was where the that was the season where the filmmakers expected us to see the Mad King Queen. Mm. You know, I felt they could have done it a bit better. That scene where she was sitting down with Grey Worm and they were in front of the fire and just talking. That scene could have been a more, they could have given us more of her descent into... More emotion and more... Yeah. yeah. If she had stayed saying in that scene, oh, I hate them, I want to kill them all, I want to burn them all, it would have made sense at the end. If she had said they killed Miss Sandy, she's never done anything wrong, da, 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 da. I really hate them, they will never love me. If she had said that to Grey Worm, then at the end, her character twist, people would have, yeah, this, you know, people would have understood it, 
but they didn't do that. I, like I said, the filmmakers believed a bit that people would forgive them for everything. And then the final season, which we've just, the final episode, which we've just reviewed. And that was how it ended. Yeah, yeah that is how it ended. I mean, I think we've been through an amazing journey to get to this point. Uh, the way I look at it is the way I look at very similar to the Star Wars galaxy where there's movies in Star Wars Galaxy I'm not too fond of, but the way I look at it now is that that's the history of that world. Mm. Those events happened. Mm. You may not like them, right. but they happened. And that, law. That's, that's law. That's It's cemented in, in their history, you know what I mean? There's plenty of stuff in our own history that we're not too proud of, mm. but it happened. Mm -hmm. You know, and you move past it and you continue the story forward or you tell other stories. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I look at Game of Thrones from season one to season eight is that this what i love about it is the whole world of of, of this you know game of thrones mm. with, you know the the politics of the houses you know the history of the white walkers and the dragons and you know there's elements of other fantasy creatures in there as well the whole medieval you know the way it all works like it feels old school but very modern as well mm -hmm. That whole world and the history and the mythology behind the world is why I like keep going to Game of Thrones. Yeah. Story-wise, we can disagree on, and it may I may have done something different, but at the end of the day, like we said, it's not my. That is the story they've told, so yeah. that is what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I look at it. So overall, this has for me has been an epic fantasy. Yeah. And, and I and I love it. I really really do love it. It's arguably one of my favorite shows of all time. Um. But yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure how to really... I mean, it's just, it's such a good show, you know, and everything was done, minus the things we've, problems around season seven and eight. You know, this is a show... There's still a lot of good in those seasons, oh, there's, though. Yeah, there's still, this, like we That's said, what I mean. the cinematography, even though people complained the most about these seasons, they were the seasons with the best cinematography. Yeah, and I guarantee you, if you rewatch all of Game of Thrones, yeah, you'll go... Maybe I could have changed that, or maybe I would have done that differently. There will be things in all yeah. the seasons that you'll, if you look back on now, you maybe go, "Meh, I could have maybe." And, you know, and pointing, I'm um, just picking up of something you you said. You know, Game of Thrones has politics, magic, dragons. You know, you we never saw magic up until season three. Up until season three, where we yes, with yeah. the Red Witch, yeah, with the Red Witch and the dragons. I, when I was watching it, I never thought the dragons. Yeah, would you hatch. had a, you had the fantasy with the dragons, but you didn't really see many magic yet. Yeah, but even before, you know, it took a while for the dragons to hatch. She had them as eggs for a long time. Was it what, what season did they hatch? They hatched at the end of the last episode of season three, after Khal Drogo had died. Khal Drogo died in season one, didn't he? No, he died in season three. No. Yeah, no, he died in season I gotta look this up. He, he died in season two or three. He didn't die in season one. I'm definitely sure he didn't die in season one. So, but the point, what season? Have you checked out? I'm, I'm just looking it up now. Uh, but, okay, while you're doing that, the point I was making was that, like, they didn't, you know, the, when I was watching... Season one. He died in season one. Season one was that, yeah, and that's when they were born at the end of season one. Really? Yeah. I thought yeah. so. I felt it it carried on for longer because I no because I remember that was actually I was really sad about that at the end of season one because I really liked Carl Drogo. It was good, and then he died. No, yeah, it's but season like, one. I never thought the eggs would hatch. She was just holding those eggs, and I just thought she would hold them forever, hoping and dreaming that one day they would hatch. But so I was surprised when I saw it. But the, the point I was trying to make is, had it been this show had zombies, it had dragons, it had magic, it had, but somehow. The show is not about dragons. It's not. Had it been another show... It's about sh politics. It's about politics and love, you know, and loss and how... Tragedy. Tragedy and the human condition. Had it been another show that had dragons and zombies, they would do it left, right, yeah, center. Yeah. They would have made that the focus. Exactly. I think in this past, in this season, we've seen more... This season, we've seen more of the dragons that we saw. More fantasy elements. Uh, yeah, than yeah. in the past seven series. I so agree. Yeah. Another season would have done it another way but these guys they held their cards close to their chest and they just played it the right way the night walker the reason people are disappointed with the night walkers is because they build them up so much and i think it's the reason why there's still so many questions about the night king is because of the um, prequel seasons and we can talk about that now because we're about to round up the show is 
the next what next for Game of Thrones is there is now a prequel series, mm-hmm. which is I heard in production right as we speak. The casting is done, and the the production has started. The prequel series takes place a thousand a thousand years before Game of Thrones that we know of. The so main storyline. The main storyline now, yeah, yes. Cool. So it happened a thousand years. So this is in the time of Brand the Builder. To those of you who don't know, Brand the Builder is the founder of the House of Stark. He's the guy who builds the wall. And he was around in the time of the children of the forest and the time of when the Night Walkers, White Walkers actually became White Walkers. So I cool. think the prequel series is going to ex- really, really... Answer a lot of those questions. Yes, it's yeah. going to answer those questions. I have a question for you, because yeah. uh, you might know, and I'm not too clued up on the on Martin's work and how many books he's done. Yep. Is this going to be based... Has Martin, Martin's done like a prequel book? I think he has, hasn't he? Is, are they basing it off that, or are they doing a completely new story with him? So a lot of the things they have mentioned, these the things that will happen in the prequel series has been mentioned in the book. But the, no, I'm talking about the actual prequel books. Oh, the prequel books. Because I've seen that no, the recently they came out. I saw. Yeah, they're not prequels to. They're not prequels to. Remember, it's like Ar- the history of the Targaryens. Yeah, or the way like. Aramatins Martin's right, he doesn't write stories. He writes about the universe. Then in those universes, there are pockets of stories. Do you understand? So, yeah, yeah. Like for example, um, no, but I, I could have sworn I was in Waterstones and it was like the new, George R. R. Martin, but and it was like, and it was like a, it's. 300 years before thingy or something like that. Yeah, I mean, those ones can come. I don't think, what I think you're asking is, is the new show going to be based on a book? Yeah, is it adapting any material he's already written? Yes, he will, but it won't be like he did with the shows. The show is like, this is the books, and he's following the books. But this would be more a, there is a story, but he will talk about... Loads of different things. Loads of different things. I think it would be an Easter egg filled, um, this thing. But I really want to know about... Um, all these other people, you know, and see them, see the Targaryen. I think we might even go to Valeria. I don't know if you know the history of the Targaryens. No, I'm not brief. I'm not clued up. Yeah. I think now, now that I've finished the series, now that it's so, I think I'm going to go on to the books. Yeah, it's it's so good. Because I, I didn't want to, I've always wanted to read the books, but I thought, you know what, while the season's, I don't want to interfere with that. I just yeah. want to, let us let me watch this clean. Yeah. And then I'll go back to the books. The, the, book, the books are really good and he really spends no, time... No doubt, yeah. He, he really spends time explaining certain things and you begin to understand, you know, a lot of reasons why certain things happen. I mean, just to, Valeria is where the Targaryens are... Ori- is ta- where Targaryens originally came from. Yeah, like the Valerian steel. Yes, where that ex- exactly. From, yeah. But it was, it's went, it was like Pompeii, volcanoes, ash, destroyed everything. But just before that happened, a few years before that happened... Um, Targaryens, the house of Targaryen, the father of the the head of the house of Targaryen, he had a dream that Valeria was Valeria, the place was going to sub, sub fall with fire. So he had that dream. So he took his family and went to King's Landing. That was why they weren't destroyed with the father. Then from that that castle, that was where he now broke out and conquered the seven kingdoms. Then united them all together and formed. Um, West, um, this well, not Westeros, King's Landing as the capital. That was sort of a brief history. So I think they will probably go to the Valeria as well because that happened around the same time. So there is so much lore to cover. So I'm just happy that there is more to come from the Game of Thrones universe on screen because not everybody will read the books. No, yeah. I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely going to be watching it now. But here's a question for you. I, I, I think I already have my answer, but do you think this show will be as popular as Game of Thrones. I don't think it will. The w- new one? Yeah. I don't think it will. I don't I don't think it'll get to the heights that this one did. Uh purely because I don't I think what they did almost captured magic in a bottle. Like George Lucas did with the original trilogy, what yeah. Kevin Feige's done with the Marvel Universe. I don't think it be- can be done quite again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I also think there's that bitter taste from the fans over the last yeah. couple of seasons. Yeah. So I think I agree with you. I I, I don't think it, it can be better than Game of Thrones. I don't think it can be as good either. Yeah, from season three to... The cinematography will be good. Yeah. It will look good. Technically. Technically, it will look It'll good. It will look good, yeah. But the story, it will not match season three to season one till season, to season six. It won't match it. No, you know? I, I agree, yeah. You know, but I think it will... But even though it doesn't match... Game of Thrones, it will be better than anything that we will be watching at that time. 
So th- we're talking about next year. Is it is it coming out next year? Is next or? year 2020? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. So it's coming out 2020? Yeah. I'll, I'll look into that, see if it, yeah, because yeah. I've, I've read reports, but I didn't see any dates attached and things like that. So. Remember, it started a long time ago. They knew yeah, well, they, they would have been developing. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, so they've only just announced this and, you know, and it's... For it's me, for, for me, I get a better sense of timing is when they say, okay, we've started shooting. Then yeah. I go, okay, you've takes maybe If they're shooting in Belfast. They've already started in shooting. In Belfast, I think yeah. I saw that. If, I would if, imagine probably late next year then. Yeah, if memory serves me correct, I think they've started shooting in Bel- Belfast. Because yeah, I, don't, I don't think they can... If they've started shooting now, I don't think they'll be able to finish it for an April release. April or June, because yeah. they got to do a lot of posts. It depends. Like the first season of Game of Thrones, there was no CGI; it was more acting. Suppose, so yeah. that really, you know, if it's gonna be like that, I doubt it will be because it was the age of heroes and there was a lot of magic happening at the time. I've told you, yeah, the Children of the Forest, they were there. Yeah, they're uh, gonna so, be doing that. I think so it's gonna a lot, take a so bit it's more probably time. Probably gonna take time. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But all in all, Game of Thrones has changed TV. Yeah, it's changed the the industry. It has. It has, like you said last time, you know, before TV series was just close-up shots because there was no budget for the production design. So it was more close-up. It wasn't, it was more aesthetic. The TV we had were either police dramas, like yeah. crime dramas, mm-hmm. very low budget, yeah. which some of them were quite good, don't get me wrong. And you had sitcoms, yeah. which again, some of them were great. But that was really the extent of TV in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This changed everything. Mm. This changed that, no, you can tell a cinematic story on the TV. Yeah. And with dragons and with swords and with magic. And it brought Lord of the Rings yeah. to the TV in a sense. Like that, well, that epic... Adult Lord of the Rings. Ad- yeah, but, but in the sense of the scale. Yes. Yeah. So they did it for a series. So it, it, it Game of Thrones and, you know, for all the criticism... I've given to Game of Thrones. So I, it's almost as if I came here to criticize Game of Thrones. The thing is, though, and I've said this, I don't think you can truly love something if you can't criticize it mm, at times. True. So, yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for the for the filmmakers. And I agree with Sophie Turner, where she, I don't know if you saw yes, the quote I, yeah, that she I said, that petition is disrespectful. I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, this petition is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's disrespectful. You know, ridiculous just makes it look like, yeah, it's one of those things. But no, disrespectful. It's disrespectful. It's extremely disrespectful because these people, like, I know what I, I just think to the people doing it, how dare you? Like, yeah, like, like honestly, okay, you didn't like it, but do, do you know how, how would you feel if you've worked 10 years plus of your life working on something and then at the end for people to go, no, it's rubbish, redo it all over again? Exactly. How would you feel? No, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's really disrespectful. It's it's very bad. I felt, and I totally agree with her. It's very disrespectful. This is because of this show. There are some shows that would not that were never released because of this show, because they knew that okay, we can't we can't serve people rubbish anymore because of Game of Thrones. They've got, they set a new bar. They, yeah, they've a set new the bar. TV. Exactly. And since then, man, have we had really good oh, TV? Yeah, you only yeah. need to look at what's going on in Netflix. Netflix. Uh, you look over at Amazon. Yeah, Disney Plus is coming. Yeah. like without Game of Thrones, do you think Netflix would invest so much in some of their no. series? They wouldn't. No. They'd Definitely be like, not. But then again, Netflix is different though because Netflix are very clever. They know how to make a very good series for very cheap. Well, look no. at Daredevil. It was peanuts. Yeah, but and it, you say it's peanuts though, but is it really peanuts compared to what I, it I, used to be? I heard season one had a budget of a hundred thousand. I don't believe that. I will have to Google. The, there's f- f- fellow after that. There's a f- after seasons, but yeah, they had about ten thousand an episode. Do you mean? When you say hundred thousand, do you mean a hundred thousand per Dollars. episode? No, no, no. Hundred thousand for the entire season. For the for season one, I think. That's not possible. And they made it like they made it for like ten grand an episode. Nah, that's not possible. Ten grand an episode? Nah. I could make a film for ten grand. How much more then? Yeah. No, sorry. I may have got. I'm probably thinking of a million for the yeah, season. Probably, for the season. Yeah, it's probably a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A million for a season. But yeah. If there was no Game of Thrones... Sorry, that was my mistake. No, that's fine. We don't, it's just one zero, isn't it? <laughs> if there was no Game of Thrones, I don't see the producers at Netflix dedicate giving a million for a pilot. No, no, I agree as well. Yeah. So it changed everything. So those people that are criticizing the show are just thinking about... The sh- but, but it's really changed the quality of things we're Game getting of Thrones, from studios. 
has led to which I think will this I think on honestly I think this will replace Game of Thrones, The Mandalorian. It's got the same you've got the name of Star Wars behind it, you've got very talented people involved, the budget is the same if not more. I think they've gone a bit over. I think I read somewhere 10, 12 to 13 million an episode. It's, I think it's going to end. It's going to be weekly because obviously now with Netflix, you have this binging, yeah. you know, the binging TV. Game of Thrones was one of the last few seasons, like series where you're like, oh, next week, tune in next mm. week. And I think Mandalorian is going to do that. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Game of Thrones, we wouldn't have that. If it wasn't for Game of Thrones, we would just have Star Wars movies. They wouldn't have dared yeah. make a, t- a yeah. Star Wars TV show. Yeah. True. Because of the budgets. True. Because it's only recently that, net, when I say recently, in the last 10 years, that Netflix and all these other studios started, these other platforms, started making their own content. In the past, Netflix didn't own any piece of content. It was all adapted t- TV shows that they would bring in or movies that they would bring in. There was no Netflix original. The first Netflix original, I think, was House of Cards. I think, yeah, it was House of Cards, you know. So... It was Game of Thrones that, you know, really gave them the courage that there is market in series. It's worth their investment. So it's, I agree, it's changed everything. Netflix is, I feel, and there's no way to disprove or prove what I'm saying, but I feel Netflix is where it is now, partly because of the reception of Game of Thrones. I agree. You know, so... I agree. The whole industry, the way it is. Yeah. It, and it's also because what Game of Thrones did... It changed the way we looked at acting in mm. TV. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Serious, serious acting. A- yeah, it's true. Which, which made A-list movie stars go like, because there was a time where it was like, I'm a, mo- I, I don't do TV. I'm a film star. Mm. Uh, you know, and uh, TV stars, oh, I want to make, want to be in a movie. It's yeah. not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now the big A-list movie stars are going to TV. Yeah, it's it roles have switched. Yeah, uh, if you're not into big spectacle comic book movies and things like that, if you go to TV now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Hollywood is focused on that. And if you want to tell more dramatized stories, you go to TV. Yeah. There are a lot of character, a lot of people in game, character actors in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was their first gig in front of a camera. Most yeah. of them were from stage. For, from yeah, theater. when you look at uh, Maisie Williams, theater, yeah. um, Sophie Turner, Sophie you know, Turner, because yeah. of Game of Thrones, she landed the role in X-Men. Yeah. A lot of them are, this was their first gig. A lot of them are just theater actors and all that. And, you know, the same way you said there were actors that were only into film and not TV. There were a lot of actors who were... Charles Dance. Yeah, only into theater and not into um, film. But hopefully we can, because I feel those are the real... And, you know, and one thing I'd say here, I know we're listening to this, you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Play or however you're listening to in whatever country you know, you're listening to it, you know, but hats off to, like, the British um, talent in, in Game of Thrones. 90% of the cast were British. The British, yeah. You know, so, and, that, and they carried that torch for eight years. That was kind of some, that's something to be proud of, you know. There were very few Americans, Dinklage, just very few yeah, folks very, from America. Actually Americans. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, you know, but Ira Martins is American. Yeah. Or Canadian, is he? American or Canadian, I can't, Tell, but he's from not from America. that side of the park. Yeah, from that side, you know. So, um, you know, but they gave the freedom to, you know, the, you know, Benny of Wise. They are all Americans, you know. But they said, you know, let's get this English thing about it going on, and you know, we did, we represented properly. So now that was ju- that's just something to be that's very proud hats of. Hats off yeah. to Benny of Wise, man. Yeah, yeah. Hats off to them. That's all I can really say. And I can't wait for what they have next. Next in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. So just so you know, if you. have only catching us because of this podcast. Um, Benioff and Wise, their next Benioff and Wise are the showrunners. They are the producers, the main of, writers of, the, of Game of Thrones. So everything you've seen, they were the ones that made it. You know, those are the people that the people on the internet are petitioning against. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And you know, when you watch Game of Thrones after the last, um, when the sequence comes in and all that, the, at the last end when it's going, you see DB Wise and Benioff Ben uh, the, DB Wise uh, the, uh, Ben. There's Benioff Wise? It's Dan and Dave. Yeah, Dan, it's Daniel and... Let me just Google it. It's Dan and Dave, yeah. So let me just... Well, Game of Thrones producers. Anyway, it's DBF... Tempted, should I Google it? Or, nah, we don't have time. Anyway, so that should bring us to the end 
of 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 the show. It's it's been amazing, and thank you all so much for joining us this season. We're so sorry we couldn't have done this for the other um, seasons, but we finally got this in season eight finally, and it's been a ride. I have totally enjoyed this, Jake. So have I. It's been cool, and you know we might in uh, we might figure out maybe there's another season we can yeah. do this with. Maybe we can do uh, Mandalorian oh. when it finally comes out. Sounds like a plan. I'm up for that. And I am uh, so up for that. And yeah. any other sort of cool series that might yeah. be coming out. Yeah, but they have to be as big, though. They yeah, have to be. They have to be game changers. Like Game of Thrones was a game. It was a game changer. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, not very many films are in this game changing. Category. No, no. Star yeah. Wars is. It's there. his film level. Right? Yeah, Star Wars is there. Game of Thrones is there. I don't know if Avatar is there. No, Avatar is no. There, is I think Avatar is so overrated. No, okay. I can't believe it. I, I still. I'm still astonished it earned that much money. Like <laughs> it was new, though. Um, Marvel and DC, that yeah, the whole okay, superhero yeah. that that has elevated That's to that level. Marvel, yeah, it's on that level. Those are game changers. The Marvel universe, yeah, not, that, not super Marvel universe. The Marvel, the cinematic universe, yeah, the, that. Kev, the Kevin Feige Marvel universe. I yeah. think that's the best way to put it. The Feige Marvel universe, it's on that level. Let's name one more before we go. One more material that is on that level. I that's changed the game. Yes. I into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. That changed the game. But we do need to see the fallout. We've not yet seen the fallout. Very true, but I think you're going to see a lot of fallout I, ca I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, a new, yeah. and Because and, that's completely different as well. That's its own unique type animation, of, yeah, which is going to take off, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's been amazing. And of course, so we will end it here. But you know you can always find us in our normal podcast, which will resume this week our Film 7 podcast where we review everything film-wise. If you've loved this Game of Thrones podcast series, you will certainly love our normal Film 7 podcast. Look for us on Apple, Apple, iTunes. Yeah, we're on all of those places. Spotify, Everywhere. iTunes, SoundCloud. Go check us out. We're on Twitter as well. Give us a tweet. Right. Uh, before we head out, where can people find you, Andy? Find me on Twitter at Nduaj, N-D, at N-D-U-A-J. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. So yeah, we'll see you on the main show, guys. But until then, take it easy. Vala Mugulis. Vala Mugulis. <laughs>